So what'd you think of that, Dave? I need to up my game on my intros, Chris. <laughs> That's pretty cool, ain't it? That's brilliant. Love it. Love it. How are you, yeah. mate? Uh, mate, I'm absolute. Uh, listen, it, it's a dream. I'm living this dream. Is exactly what I'm doing. It's it's uh, yeah. I, I don't even know where to begin. It's just everything, like you said earlier before we went live, man. Just happens so fast sometimes, and it's like I remember. So, just everybody out there, that uh, little backstory, real quick. Me and um Dave, he was actually the press officer for OMG Rich Energy. Um, with Bradley Ray and Kyle Rod, Bradley actually won the title that year. And man, I invited him on the Facebook page and he accepted. Right. And then I was like, I had the balls to say, man, it'd be an honor to have you on the podcast. And he did. Right. And since then, it's been a great friendship ha has has started. We met at Texas and hung out at Texas. Uh, and I went out to Cadwell Park and it's been I don't even know. It's just been so amazing that and I talk about this all the time i'm sure people are like i wish you would just stop talking about it but i can't help it right it's i just can't win, help right? it it's, it's a whirlwind man it's it's so amazing dave it's the whole journey and it just happened so fast but yes listen and again everybody congratulations on the fifty thousand downloads mate that's just since the end of november it's ridiculous it, it's we had an issue with our previous host which was acast and we had to switch to another house. So we've gone to Buzzsprout, which is, is really good. Really pleased with it. Um, so you only get the analytics from when you transferred the show over. Uh, so that's 50,000 since the end of November. So I'm absolutely delighted with that. Bro, so you're like in a million status, right? That's absolute legend, man. Yeah. One day... I will be there, but l listen, I don't know if I told you this before, but you, I've listened to you for a long time, right? Even back before podcast was a thing when you was on the radio, the moto pod, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's, that's how long, dude, I've been listening to you and you are, have been my absolute inspiration for oh, podcasting. For that's sure. really kind of you. Thank you. You're doing a great job. You know, you're holding it together. Well, it's not easy as well. You know, it, yeah, it, it, it's not. And, it's funny because people ask me, they're like, do you get paid to podcast? I'm like, absolutely not. Right. It's like motorcycle racing. I'm paying to do it right now, um, which is fine. You know, my whole thing is, I, man, my whole attention going in. My number one thing, Dave, about this whole podcasting thing is I, at the end of the day, um, I leave something for my son, visual, audio, something he can yeah. always go back, you know, for him. You know, everything else that comes is an absolute bonus. Yes legacy that's what it is so i just i just you know thought about how i could do it different and and what i can leave behind for my son and on top of that all the friendships that i have gotten and and good mates like you and over there and the love and support it's uh yeah I, I, it's you're just welcome look, you're welcome here anytime mate you know that right back at you man right back at you dude isn't that cool yeah so Streamyard. well i use Streamyard. yeah we talked about this uh a little bit when, when we was over there so how do you like bean sprout because i almost did bean sprout it's good yeah it's i mean it's only for audio so it's not so bad uh, um but at some point that there's going to be a time where we need to do remote chats the same as this so I had a look at um, Riverside FM. Not really too impressed with that, but the, the StreamYard thing looks really good. So, yeah, we, we'll probably give this a go at some point. But Buzzsprout's really good. Yeah, really easy to use. And it has, it, again, you're paying money after money after money, but you can. it has its own um, 
its own AI for upgrading the audio. So you put it in and it goes through the AI and it comes out really good. Um, and it has some dynamic. Oh, whoops. Oh, dear. I've just broken <laughs> my light. Uh-oh. 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 Needs to be well lit. Let's be fair. That's better. Sorry. No, just there we go. Um, it shows it's live. Um, yeah, so we, we, we're we going to do something like that at some point. But yeah, Buzzsprout, really good. For the analytics, everything else, absolutely spot on. I can highly recommend it. Yeah, I um, so I do uh, Podbean. Hmm. I used to use Riverside, um, but Podbean is what I use for my um, push out to everywhere as far as like LinkedIn and all that good stuff, right? I, I heart and iTunes and um and then uh yeah uh Streamyard Jules was like dude you need to try Streamyard so I got on here and we started playing around with it you can actually it's it's got the same thing it, it automatically does the whole it's got a setting in there we can mess with all that right uh you can edit it you can do all this crazy stuff you can actually pull up youtube videos and share screen it or instagram and all this stuff you could have you know same thing that i, I want to start doing is is when people actually watch live and they comment instead of asking a question there i could just be like hey just hit me up on messenger if you want to come in and ask dave neil the real deal a live question I could <laughs> in the studio. they could ask the question and then i could throw them out and then yeah we just keep it. it's just different way of interacting right which yeah, i 100 100 percent. but now you're doing you're doing a great job and and jules when he's on and you, you it's it's going grand mate i'm proud of you Thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you, Dave. Absolutely. I mean, it means a lot coming from everybody too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, the legend himself that's been doing it since before podcast was a podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I know. It's yeah, man. It's it's been. Uh, I don't on these comments on the side. All it says is Facebook user, so I have no idea who these people are that are coming in. It doesn't give names, sadly, for me. Well, you know, I'm I'm having a little issue on my end too because I only see one name, which is Kylie, and 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 he says hello and what is going on, mate? Um, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to see why okay. I can't see. But Minnesota is probably my mate Britt. So what's going on, Britt? Hi guys, that's probably my man. Uh, Chris Lewis, that's actually out there in the UK. He always watches uh, the podcast. He says, hey, Dave, and hey, Chris, what is up, mate? Yeah, so as we're talking and we're doing this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to figure this one out so I can see everybody's name properly, right? It's the same being, thing, right? Army, I guess, looking at that. Shane. Oh, it's Shane. Yeah, BSB Barmy Army. Yep, that's exactly who it is. Shane's out for me. Huh? That's an early shout out for them. Yeah, dude, he's awesome, man. Shane's such a good guy. What he's doing, uh, as far as the donations and the support, is absolute brilliant. We actually need more people like that, um, in the game. You know what I mean? Agreed. But man, dude, so what's been going on on your end, man? How's off track, Franco Carchetti? I mean, well, you know, it's. I'm very lucky after doing this thing for ten years. I have a really, really good network of, of people that, you know, the old two degrees of separation thing. Yeah. They, there aren't many people I can't get hold of via the people that are already in my phone. So I'm kind of lucky to, to have that network built up already. So somebody can introduce you to somebody else and then they introduce you to somebody else. And you know what this game is like. It takes time. You can't yeah, build yeah. those those contacts overnight. It takes time and it takes perseverance. And uh, you have to, you've got to play the game well. 
if you're a dick, you'll be found out really quickly. Um, Facts. But you just have to, to to go at the pace that you can. And you know, as you, you know from before, I spent sort of 10 years in manufacturing before I started doing the, the, the racing thing full time. And that helped a lot. And yeah, then people think people the same as you are now, they they give you a lot of respect when you put the, the hard yards in for free for, for years. Um and then when it comes good, they they continue to support and then things get bigger and better and grander and you know, we're still growing now. We're, we're by no means there, not by any stretch of the imagination. We're growing really well. And one thing I think you'll find the same as well is that it really, it, it's it's not a hindrance because that's the wrong word. Um, it makes things more difficult not being well-known. So not being a rider or a journo or somebody who's been in, you know, as a... Um, a well-known person in the paddock or in the sport who has 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 followers that you can go straight in. You've got, you've already got an existing audience. We we're both building from absolute zero. Um, and that I think is, has a, a different sense of achievement to, to get to where we are. So it's, you just got to keep plugging away. And some days you wonder why you do it. Other days, you know exactly why you do it. Uh, well said. Cause yeah, there are days at, yeah, absolutely. It's like, wow, why am I doing this? Right. And then, yeah, absolutely. Right. There, there is, it's been a lot of people don't realize the work. Like when I first started this and I was the first guest on the podcast and then, you know, we started interviewing people and then, you know, uh, I, I mean, Jules, he, he's doing a full-time job right now. He works seven days a week, you know, getting his stuff together. Bravo, bravo. You know, he does come on here, which I miss very much and he will be back. Yeah. Um, but doing it, all by myself as far as you know the social media the reaching out the because what i do dave is i do a pre-video chat with people now that way we build a relationship we laugh we kind of structure the podcast right but and, and then um that way when we go live together we're we're mates you know we're, we're not two strangers sitting down to it face to face for the first time it and helps. uh yeah it helps massively especially when you're doing it remotely as you are from um, from your neck of the woods in uh, in virginia so you have to do that. It's you're not here to be able to build the relationships or at Moto America every week and and building things that way. So yeah, you have to have that sort of 10 or 15 minute preamble first just to get to know people rather than going straight in cold because you don't know what you're expecting. Absolutely not. And that's another good point too, right? Because I, I get to learn about your personality and and you know what direction that I'm going to take it after having a conversation and it just opens up many doors when you do it that way, you know? Um, and, and then, yeah, like, like listening to you with the whole hundred questions and all this, I was like, dude, what a brilliant <laughs> idea. And yeah, man, it's, it's, you, you learn. So, you know, listening to podcasters too, you pick up things here and there like, Oh man, I like the way he does that. I don't want to do it exactly like he does it. Cause I'm not a copycat, but I need to not reinvent the wheel, but make, make my own stamp of it. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying, Dave. Okay. Oh. I tell you now, my my great colleague and, and and great friend Matt Dunn, who helps us out on the show with the social media strategy and and just basically keeps me sane in a lot of ways, the same as Jennifer does. Um, so a quick shout out, uh, Jules. It's like he's watching. Yep, the real deal, baby. The real deal. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. And, yeah. Thanks, Jules. Good. Good to know you're watching, mate. Um, you. There's no such thing as original content anymore. 
if you start doing some great um, questions for the guests and picking questions from the guests, mate, that's that's fine. It, it's and the different questions, same questions, whatever. It, it's there's no such thing as original content anymore. And as um, as Matt put it, you never walk through the same river twice. So you can cross at the same point, but it's different water. That's so. Nice. You know, you can you have to um, you have to take um, yeah you have to take what you can, and it is difficult, especially when you're not. Do, you know, I'm I'm lucky to do this almost full time with the other work that I have with the company that I work for to build the brand, but it's it, it's hard to find things that are that are original, especially when you look at TikTok and you look at um, Instagram and things like that. People are showing you how to make attractive videos and reels and things like that so everybody's doing it so it's not original content yeah so you just dip your toe in you use what's best for you you take some ideas you make them your own you round the edges off a little bit more and and you put your own spin on things and that's but you've got to stay true to yourself you you can't all of a sudden be diary of a ceo you can't be any of the football podcasts i'm not gary neville and things like that you just got to be yourself and that's massively important yeah, a hundred and ten percent. It's uh, you know, I that that that's one thing I love about going live. It's all raw. It's not you know pre-production, pre-asked questions. Yeah, exactly. Like like you like, dude. You know, my son, if he was home right now, he's in school. He'd bust in here and sit down and say hi, or you know, my dog or whatever, dude. I love that. When I had Finn on, I had his mom come in. You know, I I'll be like, who's that right there? You're talking to? Oh, so and so. Bring him on the camera. Say hi, right? Yeah, to get everybody involved. It's, it's man, it, it's so much fun. And when I sit down and I do this, it's it's uh, it, listen, it always starts like uh, I'm super nervous. I always get super nervous. My anxiety kicks in. I'm like, it's just it's the same thing. Even you know, I have nowhere. I'm still a baby in diapers, crawling. I ain't even walked yet compared to you, right? But it, it's still that feeling, right? But as soon as I sit down and I see my guest or my mate on on camera, all that goes away. And it's like this euphoria, high feeling comes over you. And it's just, I wish I had a, uh, what was that beer we had out there? Jack. Uh, John Smith. John Smith. That's it. Proper, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Good <laughs> so beer, too. Introduce you to that. Yes. It was very good. I try to find it out here, but yeah, it's not good. Yeah, no. It, it doesn't travel too well. It's nah. completely different to your, uh, your Michelob Ultra or your Millers and things like that. Yeah, I don't drink that. That's that's watered down beer. I like my favorite beer is Guinness. I'm, I'm a Guinness oh, head. Good man. So. Yeah, Guinness is good. Yep. Guinness is absolutely now I could drink it warm. It don't gotta be cold for me. I can just leave it right there and yeah, have at it. So it doesn't need to be chilled, that's for sure. No, it does not, man. It does not. So listen, uh, we met at Coda, man. What an honor it was to finally meet Dave in real life and Jennifer. We exchanged t-shirts and, and Jennifer took that one picture of me and you standing you know watching with our shirts on and we had the same one at cadwell and, and those are some of my favorite shirts i actually want to get i'm gonna get them both framed I'm get them printed out and framed up because it's just absolute just listen for me it's uh it's like coming full circle right because i was such a fan and i need to turn my fanboy off day but i was such a fan you know then having you on here and then becoming friends and actually meeting and exchanging shirts and having that picture and going out the honor to BSB and, and getting the same kind of thing. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, it's just, 
Absolutely. Oh, we're, we're friends. You know me well enough. I know. There's, there's none of that fanboy thing, mate. We're just doing I the know. good thing for the people in motorcycle racing. That's all. I know. I'm, I'm just, you, you, you know me well enough, mate. I'm just me, and I'm lucky enough to do what I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so what did you think about Texas, man? We was there that weekend. Uh, it was it, From what I remember, it wasn't as hot as it was the previous year, but it was still. No, but it was enough for some pasty face Brits. It was hot enough for us. <laughs> we don't need to worry about that. Uh, mate, it's one thing. It's going to be really hard to watch it this year and, and know the layout of the circuit where we stood, um, where uh, the flag at turn one and going up the, the tower. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's going to be so difficult to watch it, but I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the season. Um, but Texas itself, I'd might I'd go back tomorrow. Absolutely fell in love with the place. Dallas, Fort Worth, Austin, San An. Ah, oh, if I could go there for a month, I would do. And so would Jennifer. Not on my own, obviously, with Jennifer. Yeah, for sure. What was your favorite thing you guys ate when you was in Texas? Most of it. Most of it. Most of it, yeah, yeah. The, the barbecue <laughs> is good. The steaks are good. Everything is great. But the the one thing that um, that I did have that was my absolute favorite, we were at the uh, stockyards at Fort Worth. And have you have you been down there? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, okay. At the, in the Fort Yards at Stockworth, there's a little square, and it has um, eating places down either side, and a couple of bars, and um, it's it's great. It's, it's great. And we went into this place. It was um, the Biscuit Company. And I'd, I'd never had biscuit. You know what a biscuit is over here. It's, yeah. it's a sugary thing that you dunk in your tea. And, yeah. um, and it was a biscuit place. And it was called The Hangover Cure. And it, it was the, the first chance I'd had to try American gravy. That's weirdly completely the wrong color. Um with a whole host of meats and cheese in a biscuit. And uh, it, it was the single best thing I have ever eaten in my entire life. And biscuit, I'm, I'm all over biscuit. That's fine. There's a place in Manchester here that started doing biscuits that we're going to visit. So, yeah, look, that, that for me was the best thing I'd eaten. But just Texas as a whole is just just incredible. It is. It's it's absolutely amazing, man. Yeah, you're right because the food's so different. You know, I remember. Uh, so uh, my mate Daniel Parker picked me up at Heathrow, right? And uh, man, we spent six hours in London before I caught two trains. But I, he said full English breakfast. I was starving. I was like, let's go. I had already been up for over a day because I couldn't sleep before coming out. Man, my adrenaline. I was just so hyped, like I barely slept. So anyway, uh, we get into this little. Uh, it's not a restaurant, just little it's a cafe. Yeah, cafe. Thank you, Dave. Uh, full English breakfast. He's like, man, you want to try some black pudding? And I was like, sure, why not? I had no idea, right? And so I take this big bite of this black pudding, got about three chews in it, was spitting out of my napkin. It was like, absolutely not. Yeah. No, That's but every our part of the world in Lancashire. That's where it originates from, I think. Yeah. It's a uh, very black pudding. Um, that, you know. Not for me. Jennifer loves it, but it's not for me. That's Dude. the only thing I didn't like. Everything else I loved, especially the proper fish and chips and the mushy peas. And the, uh, listen, we was down there at uh, uh, Malcolm 
we went down to his place in Louth. Uh, his buddy owns a, a fish and chips place, right? So I get in there and I said, can I get some squishy peas? And everybody started laughing at me. And, and and Malcolm's like, they're called mushy peas. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm American. I don't know, right? And yeah, it was cool though, man. Everybody was laughing and uh, it was a good time, man. Absolutely. And uh, Madri, the beer, the lager you guys Oh, the Madri, yeah. That's Spanish, yeah. I think. Madri, I think Spanish. It's, it's good stuff. Though. Wow, dude. They had it in the hotel. Every time I walked in there, I was like, can I get two of those, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they did. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, th I thought I'd be nervous going to there all by myself and like, you know, just just that homesick kind of feeling, just being away. But I absolutely all the love and warmth I felt. I absolutely not. It was I didn't really get time to think about it, did you? You were so it was like when we were in Texas, you got it was place to place to place to place. So yeah. you don't have time to think about anything else. It, you just Try and be in the moment for as many places as you can yeah. um, and meet as many people as you can and because you, you've got a, a finite amount of time. So to, to get around all the people that you did was was pretty epic. Oh, it was. Yeah. 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 I don't I just don't even know what to say when, when I think about it, Dave. It was just so. That's the it, cool thing. You did it. Never mind just about it. You did it. I know. And that grid, thank you so much for that grid walk, man. I watched, you don't understand. I recorded that and I watched that video all the time. I laugh. It is, it makes me smile. It is absolutely the best. I'll tell everybody it's the best time I ever had at any race. I've been to MotoGP races, Moto America races. Absolute best time no, ever. I just asked the question. It was um, Kirsty and Kirsty from FS3 Kawasaki that did that for you. I just asked yeah. the question. Yeah, I know. Big shout out to her. Thank you. If, if you ever listen to this thank you uh yeah all right next year i'll tell you what i'll see her again next year uh if she's still with the team i'll just thank her myself or i'll give her a big old sure. hug thank you and say hey after this i owe you a pint let's go 100 <laughs> percent. yeah man uh daniel parker said grace best grid walk ever absolutely it was uh i'm not sure who this is i'm still trying to work out this whole thing as me and dave were talking i don't know why usually i see everybody's name but it says, whoever this is, I apologize. It says, question for Dave Neal. Chris says he still gets nervous before each podcast. Do you still have that too? Yeah, unquestionably. No yeah. no question at all. Because I don't um, – I'm still not 100% comfortable doing it. Because, And I think whether that keeps me grounded or what, I don't know. I, I am – yeah, the, the short answer is yes. I have a tendency to waffle because I'm not used. I'm not the one that's used to answering the questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, because I think the adrenaline, as you find, Chris, it really helps. And it, the the point that you become comfortable with it, and it becomes just another interview, um, is time to sort of have a look at yourself and go, well, really, you should be excited by every guest that comes on, whether they've been on once, twice, five times whatever is always an element of nerves setting up the kit because I, I travel to the guests invariably unless jennifer's with me at a, a race meeting i set the kit up on my own so you, you'll see me on the show forever looking and just looking for the red lights on the cameras and thinking i hope i don't run out of memory and not me the, the cameras not me um and it is so yeah that there's there's an awful lot of anxiety and and nerves even now and I'd, I'd like it that way so i don't ever want that to change 
Yeah, me too. I, I think it's a big part of uh, it. So me, so I ask uh, one of my questions I ask all the riders is like, do you guys have any pre-rituals as far as like lucky underwear, or, you know, socks or whatever it is? And um, me, I got asked that. And what I do personally, Dave, is I usually look, I look at myself in the mirror and I have a conversation, right? Nervous. I'm like, like today i was like man dave neal's coming back on let's go you know you got this how much fun and then all the memories started flooding flooding with all the time we spent together and just everything that's happened and and yeah i do that and i still you know all the nerves and the adrenaline's kicking and going and then as soon as i sit down and click that boom and we get face to face it's, it's like it's there but it goes in the background yeah. right and There's then after this you just you're into the conversation then it's flowing and it doesn't even become an issue yeah Exactly. But after the podcast is like, I'll be driving to work and this is all these fools are going to hear when I go back to work is this podcast that happens all the time. They're like, don't you got something to do? You, you go over there and go do something. You know, I'm like, dude, the podcast is great. Did you guys watch it? Check it out. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. I can't help it, man. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, I, I never passion that keeps driving it forward, Chris. It, it, it's it's dude, never, never wants to become a job or a chore. No, it, it don't, you know, in, in, um, it's like since I started it, man, something like this switch went on on the inside of me. And I feel like if I go a couple of days without podcasting, I miss it so much. I'm like, dude, I just need to be in front of the camera and be interviewing some guests. Like it's 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 weird. It really is. It's, it's weird, but it's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing. It's great. It, it's all good fun. And then thank you for inviting me back on. Mate. It's, it's, it's truly a pleasure. Oh, listen. You'll be back on many more times. No worries, mate. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But yeah, it's uh yeah. So Cadwell Park, when we went there, uh, you had showed me uh when I walked down because you had called me and I was like, Man, I have no idea where I'm at, right? So I actually asked the guy standing, there, I was like, Hey, where's walking down to a bridge where turn one? He's like, Yeah, mate, let's go right down there. And then as soon as as before he let me go, he's like, Where are you from? I was like, I'm from Virginia, Roto, Virginia. Let's go, baby. Woo. And everybody's like, holy shit, your energy is just amazing, right? That uh, was the coolest thing for, for Cadwell Park. It, it had no idea what had hit it because it's the typical British thing of polite applause and people sat there and just enjoying their lunches. And all of a sudden, this, this huge American energy has is, is descended on Cadwell Park. It was fantastic. I appreciate it. Yeah, I dude, listen, that's the main thing I heard is everybody's like, your energy is just incredible. Like, you're a breath of fresh air. This is awesome, you know? And I'm like, what's your name? Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, where are you from? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, uh, that's how I am here, even, even here, right? Even MotoGP. But, you know, when you're in MotoGP and you're back there, it's MotoGP is very different, very different than uh, the atmosphere the way you approach the riders, you know, you, I would love to be able to go up to them and have a conversation like I did with pretty much everybody there at BSB. No chance. Absolutely. It, it's you're lucky. Even if you get a pit pass to, to get that stop real quick and that smile. And that's about it. Yeah, exactly. And that, that that's the difficult thing. It's so clinical in, in MotoGP and it, it is the pinnacle of the sport. And, and I get it for world Superbikes, which is a shame. It doesn't come to the States anymore. Um, World Superbikes is a great paddock. The the riders are so it is a much more friendly paddock, and it has been since year dot. It's always had that edge on MotoGP. Um, but then BSB is is different again, where the riders are just cycling around. They stop, they chat. They it, everybody's so accessible 
um, at BSB. And that, that's the, the coolest thing about it. And that's how I managed to do the podcast that I do because everybody's there. And invariably, there are certain teams where you have to go through the PR guy. Um, but and not very often. And most of them I know anyway. I'm quite fortunate in that respect. Um, but certainly the, the, the factory back teams, it's, it's courtesy to go through the PR guy and just, or girl, um, like Bex, FHO, um, and just say, look, can we talk to the riders? Can we do this? Can we do that? Is that okay? Invariably, they won't say no, but just the courtesy lets them know that you're going to do it. They might want to sit in on it. There might be certain things that they don't want you to ask. Um, but the independent teams, dead easy. Just ask the rider and then just let the team gaffer know out of courtesy when you see them. I'll ask them, is that okay? It's never not been an issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh- I did that when uh, I had Braden Elliott on. Ah. Um, yeah, I, I did that with him. I haven't so I'm getting ready to have Tom Neve on too, but I hadn't had to to do that, and he ain't said n- nothing about that yet. Um, I have who on? Tom Neve. Oh, Tom Neve. Yeah, yeah. Yep. With him a couple of weeks ago, he's out yep. um, on our show next week with Tim. <laughs> I managed to get the two boys together. Nice. That's going to be a proper I'm one. Oh, it's it's next week. Yeah, I got him on the first. I think. Yeah, Excellent. the first. Yeah, good guy. You'll yeah. you'll like you'll like him. I have a lot of time for the, the Neve boys. Yeah, it was funny, man, because I sent him a, a message, right? Like like I always do, right? A lot of them are on Instagram, right? And so I was like, hey, I'm Simcoe from Pendergast. We actually met at Cadwell Park, and he's like, we did. So I sent him a picture of me and him together, and he was like. Yeah, I remember you. I was like, bro, it'd be an honor to get you on. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Just send me my email. So we've been talking to email back and forth. It's uh super. Yeah, it's, it's I, yeah, it's it's and you know a, a lot of my friends and I get asked the question is what's the difference between Moto America and BSB, right? Um, Moto America is the what we're best at is we have that open pit policy, right? Where you pay your eighty dollars a weekend, you can you're literally they have the little barrier up and an awning, and you're literally six seven feet away from Jake Gagne's bike and the mechanics working on it. You know the whole crew's there. You see them, and versus everywhere else, you gotta know somebody or buy a pit pass or yada yada yada, right? Um, except for Cadwell Park because you, you they gotta go down across the track to get there right so if you stand there you're guaranteed to run into everybody from the very bottom to the very top right um but uh yeah it's in it uh that's what we do i think the best out, out of everybody is that open pit policy for sure because as a fan standpoint um whoever your biggest hero is or, or whoever you wanted to meet to get a picture with it's a hundred percent guaranteed you're gonna get that right 100 so, it, and that's the same with BSB. That's why they're, they're on a very similar level in that respect. Um, the accessibility is, is is second to none. I mean, I get it at world level, and I understand it's a different it's a different prospect at worlds, and then a different prospect again at MotoGP. And there's a um, there's a formula to follow at both of those events um, that doesn't hurt to follow at the national events, just out of courtesy, as we said before. But it, it's you can't. The riders won't talk to you, and most of the time, they, especially if you're on a uh, a one-off kind of pass. I've had it before, and you you go to chat with them, they just look at you and they go like, "Who are you?" Yeah, it's just another chat. Whereas you you go to most of America on a regular basis, or you go to BSB on a regular basis, you talk to the guys and girls in passing, and you form relationships with them, and it's like you can stop and have a chat, and, and then all of a sudden they're on the podcast, and there's already that familiarity. 
but going to World Superbikes and to MotoGP, yeah, it's a completely different level. It is. It is. Uh, I, I was going to ask you, man, what was what's been the uh, most hardest thing to overcome doing all these podcasts? Like the most challenging, difficult. Like, why do I do this? Self belief. Yeah. Why am I doing it? Why are Why are the riders sat there talking to me? And this isn't a sympathy thing or a no um, and anything like that. It's absolutely true. I suffered with various degrees of imposter syndrome for years because it took me so long to get to do what I do. Now I do it. You kind of think, why me? And the same working with the with the great guys and girls at um, OMG Racing and with Brad and with Kyle and with the, with the whole team there. You, sometimes you stand at the front of the garage and you, you're watching Brad go out or Kyle go out and you stood there going, how did this happen? Why me? Um, that's been the biggest thing to overcome. But I had some real big help um, from a great friend, Haley. Um, who made me understand that, yeah, you know, you, you kind of are worthwhile because that's why you're doing it. But I I struggle to give myself um, props for what I do. And it's not that I don't believe in myself or understand what I do. Um, I just, I, I, I'm not very good at shouting it from the rooftops that this is what I do. I, the ego thing isn't there. Yeah. But no, then I, I maybe... I try and maybe clamp it down too much. Yeah, I uh I'm very humble. So I'm like that in a lot of sense as you like I don't I, I don't I feel like if I sought, you know, sought after oh man, I would need to get paid to do this. That, that's my goal. Like I want to get paid. I want to get paid. Now it turns into something completely different. My I'm not my passion is not there for it. So to me, I don't I don't seek after all that stuff, right? I just I do what I love to do, keep it 100 with myself, and everything else that comes along with it is an absolute bonus, right? And that's how I look at it. That's exactly how we've done it. That's exactly how it's worked out here. Yep. If you chase it and you don't get it, then it becomes a bind. But if you just take this way, it took as long as it did to get where I wanted to get to. And I never, and I, there were days that I wondered if I ever would. And there's, you know, there's hoops to jump through and there's things to do and you've got to play the game in a lot of ways. Um, but it's understanding the game and understanding what you can do, what access you've got, which, you know, BSB are great with. I don't have a press pass or anything like that. Um, you know, we promote their, their series for free with the riders that we've got, but they could easily turn around and say, no, you're not doing it. Um, they it just carries on. So it's grand. Yeah. That's, that's basically the, the, the long and the short of it is, um, is self-belief, but, uh, I try and keep a lid on it as best I can after a couple of chats with Haley. Yeah. It's, uh, I find myself asking myself that same question. Like, well, why do people like to listen to me? Like why me? Right. I, yeah. I, I go through the, the same thing, Dave. I just push it back in the back of my mind. Uh, look, read all the love comments I get coming in. And also, man, one thing I wanted to to ask you too, man, is like, do you ever get like, of course, people saying, you know, you suck, you should quit podcast, you know, all that hate negative stuff. And if you do, how do you deal with that? Because I've been getting that lately. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's and I don't really, understand. That's really sad to hear. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, I guess some people say, you know, when you're doing a good job, people just hate and blah, 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 you know, kind of that, that kind of deal. It's not very many of them, but there are some that are like, you know, you suck, blah, all this other stuff. And I just, I don't even pay no mind, right? But of course, you're going to read them 
you read the comments and yeah. it's just like the writers say, man, um, when they read depressed and they read negative stuff about them, man, it affects them. Absolutely affects them. I don't care. Mark Marquez, he reads, you suck, blah, blah. You should retire all this. You don't think that somewhere deep down inside it hurts them? It's a wound. I had um, on Motopod, and I remember when it first went on Apple and there was um, you, the first chance to do reviews. Um, one guy laid into me, and I can almost remember the, the thing word for word, but he just didn't get me at all. A, the fact that I was new to it all. B, that we do this as a hobby. He absolutely laid into me, and it affected me for ages. It's like, hang on a minute. How? Who are you to? You don't even know me. You know, if you don't like it, no problem. You can't please everybody, and neither should you try to. Um, there, there may be people out there that don't like my voice, don't like my approach. They have an allegiance to a different podcast, and, they, you know, it's like, no, I don't like the way he does it. We're, we're deliberately different from every other podcast as much as we can be. So you, you just can't please everybody. But in, to answer your question directly, of the latest show, the late of the last 12 months, I haven't seen anything negative. I've been really fortunate that I haven't seen it, whether it's there or not, but nobody comments underneath what we do. They just maybe don't listen or they don't bother, or it's, which is fine. You know, I, I completely get that. Um, but no, I, I, apart from that one, um, I've been very, very fortunate. I, I, don't get me wrong. There are people out there that probably don't like what we do, but they're fortunate enough not to jump on social media and shout it from the rooftops because yeah. that would upset me. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, they hadn't really done that. It's just more so like private method messages. You know what I'm saying? Like it's even worse. Yeah. It's, it's just you just, tell me how I do my podcast. Yeah, I mean, if you do it better, for, by all means, boo-boo, get to it, right? But it's yeah, if there's something I'm doing wrong or that, that somebody would like me to improve on, and so, well, you know, it, it's kind of annoying when you do that. Yeah. Then 100%, if I can fix it, I'll, I'll do my best to. Um, there, there are things I do that I get annoyed with, but it's me. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not Michael Parkinson. I'm not Jay Leno. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not a, a professional interviewer in front of a TV. I'm, uh, I'm a bloke that does a podcast with some of the best riders around. So that's, that's basically the, and the crew chiefs and the people that, uh, that are part of the sport and letting them tell their story. That's what I do. It, it says off track above the door. It doesn't say the Dave Neal show. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely. So that's, you know, me too. I, I I focus on, well, you already know, I focus on like the Junior Cup and even the Superbike guys too, but I like to get in the back of the grid, the guys that don't ever get to tell their stories, that are working double and triple jobs. They might be going through a divorce, second mortgages on their house. I mean, a lot of people don't realize how much work the back grid, people call them back fillers and all this shit, right? To me, they're absolute legends, every single one of them, right? Yeah, they're all faster than me. Right. Oh, and that brings me to a good point, mate. I was riding a motorcycle again. How is that? <laughs> yes. After 18 years, it's yes. been great fun. It's it's been absolutely fantastic. It's it, I've forgotten how much I missed it. Um, over the last three or four months, we've done a, uh, four or five sessions up at uh, Champions Flat Track School. Um, courtesy of our mate Steve Poole and riding with Tim and Tom and, and some of the guys and uh, Franco Bourne and, and some of the guys that go up there. I'm 
dreadful at it, but it gave me a little bit of a grounding of being back on a bike. Um, that when Triumph got in touch and said, do you want to do a, a couple of loan bikes from us? Absolutely. I would love to. Thank you very much. Um, and then Phil and my friends at uh, my moto clothing store in Manchester, they kitted us out because I didn't have any kit. I'd not ridden for ages. They said, look, we'll kit you out. Come and do some stuff with us as well when the weather gets better. Um, so they've been brilliant as well. And yeah, it, it's it's been incredible. We've had... Um, the first bike that uh, Triumph sent was the 1200 um, Tiger Rally Pro. So after 18 years, I'm getting on a 1200 CC triple. It's, um, this this big, beautiful, easy to ride um, adventure bike, and it was a dream. A, a little bit of trepidation because, as I say, it, it had literally been 18 years since I'd ridden on the road, and the weather here at the moment isn't particularly bike weather. Um, especially not in the part of England that I live. Uh, it, it goes grey and rainy from the end of October and stays that way until it feels like sometimes until, <laughs> until the end of September the following year. But um, it's not been the greatest of weather. I've not got as many miles in as I would like, but the the, the Rally Pro was great fun. Dead easy in traffic. You can see over the top of the cars and it, it was super comfortable. Then they sent the 900 GT Pro, which is the, the Grand Tourer version. Got a few more miles on that. Again, great fun to ride. And in the in the garage now, we have a, a two and a half litre, 187 horsepower <laughs> Rocket 3 um, that I went out on on Saturday, which that really turns heads. That's an incredible piece of kit as well. So it's just getting the right days, the right weather. I don't want to go out in, in the rain and I send them back in the best condition that, that they arrived in without taking the mickey. So um, very, very lucky. Again, it's it, sometimes you just sit there and go like, this is this is really cool. And, you know, thank you to Triumph and to my moto. Let's see what comes this year. There's, there's, there might be some more opportunities. Who knows? We've got the new channel starting next week that we're, uh, that we're putting together uh, off track on the road. Um, done some edits on that today. Um, that might work. It might not. Let's have a look. Let's see. People might think it's rubbish. I have no idea. I've never done anything like that before. So it's just uh, talking through the roads around here that we're lucky to have up near the Yorkshire Dales and then eventually go up to the lakes and things like that. But it's been a busy few weeks with the uh, the original podcasts. As you know, we've, we've had a few guests over the last three weeks. And getting those edited and all the audio edited and uploaded and cut and spliced together. And um it, it takes a bit of time when you're laptop steam driven. <laughs> right. But we're, we're getting there. So we're, we're ahead of the game a little bit now. So do do you do you edit and do all that yourself or does Jennifer yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah. Jennifer, she has her own job. She's she's a beauty therapist. So she works five and six days a week. Okay. Um, she helps out an awful lot when we go to race circuits. She does a lot of the social media while we're there and she helps set up the cameras and she'll um, put feelers out for guests and things like that. So she does a fantastic job um, when she has the time. But I'm careful not to put too much on her because she she's busy enough keeping her own business going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It did. I, I wondered, like, when when was that Cadwell and you did that uh, live in, interview with Andy, which I had him on, by the way. Big shout out to Andy, man. He actually sent me his newest book, Dave. Dude, he sent me his newest book and he signed it for that. me and everything. Yeah. And I was like, bro, what an honor! Um, I didn't know. Huh? I didn't. You didn't get one. I have well, words with Andy, but absolutely, Andy, if you're listening, to this Dave needs one, man. Absolutely. Uh, but. 
what equipment do you use to carry it there at Cadwell to keep all that noise down, right? How, how, what um, do you use? The, uh, I have, I think my, oh no, it's all zipped up. I have um, a couple of um, sure, what are they, SM58 microphones. So they're the handheld ones that sit here, which do cut a lot of the background noise out. Um, but I also post-process the audio and then realign it with the video. So you put it through um, Adobe Audition. I have a couple of presets on there that will just take the background out a little bit. Or if we're in an echoey room, it will take the uh, the reverb down a little bit. And, and you can make the audio as, as crisp as possible. I mean, it's great to have the background noise, especially at a race circuit. People love it. It gives that ambience to, to the show. And it's like, you're at a race circuit. Let's hear motorcycles. And that really adds to to the show. Um, but yeah, I, I record the the audio separately and then process it, line it back up. So whenever we start, there's always a clap so you can align the audio to the video. And then I do it that way. Yeah, it, I was impressed. I was like, man, because I was supposed to do one with Lizzie there at the track and the Wi-Fi. I was like, there is no, absolutely no way I would be able to do you can, it. You have no chance. You're lucky if you got a phone signal. Never mind and that's, the signal. Bro, absolutely. It was. You can't it was, text anybody at Cadwell. You just have to shout. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> a absolute fact. So, Oi! yeah, right. So, all that was pre recorded. You pre recorded that and then cut it and edited it and did all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. The only time I go live is if we get a YouTube live with Ben when he gets a chance. Um, Everything else is all pre-recorded and then edited and then uploaded um, as much in, uh, in advance as we can. Yeah. So you do uh, your normal schedule. So here lately, man, I've been, uh, dude, I'm actually booked out to, I'm doing, I'm filling in for June and July now for the podcast. Good. That's how far, yeah. I know it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Right. Um, and it's so I've been doing, I mean, I've been overworking myself. I ain't gonna lie. Cause there's some weeks I would do podcasts five days a week. And and, and and part of that is just I, I'm so into it and I'm so excited for I, and I don't because I got people messaging me like, hey, man, can I be on your podcast? You know, and I get and from dads and moms and riders and it's you do it's, them all. But then when they're done, you crash you, yeah. the energy that it takes to do them and setting up. And like I say, the, the anxiety and the, the stress of putting them together. Once you stop, it's like phew. That run we did a couple of weeks ago that I was fortunate to get on. But by the time I'd finished that, the eight shows in two weeks, that you're like nearly falling off the end of the final one with Jack Valentine. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was great. So, yeah, I'm not out now till I've had a couple of weeks where I haven't had a show. Um, I'm out next week on Tuesday. Then I've got one on Friday, one on Saturday. Um. And then I think we're we're waiting for a friend of mine to come back from Qatar, um, who's a MotoGP mechanic. And then we're going to sit down with him next time I'm over in Lincolnshire and, and talk about that, um, which you'll enjoy um, because he oh, works yeah. for uh, Trackhouse. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So you know, there's there's plenty there's plenty lined up, and there's always things in the background and. I don't, you know, you never know who's watching. So I'm going to say too much of who's coming off or who's coming on. Um, but yeah, it, 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 we're, we're looking good for the next two months now, I think. Yeah. It's 
it's a lot of work. Like you said, I never would imagine how much work it is, but it is absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like, I'm constantly either on social media, on my phone, on WhatsApp, on Facebook messenger, Instagram. I mean, I get messages on TikTok, you know, and then setting it up and doing all this. Keeping, keeping on top of those because you, how quick you reply helps the algorithm. So you have to reply reasonably quickly and, it's positive and the same on YouTube. And when you're in, when you're active on all of those platforms, the algorithm then sees that you're active and you, you kind of like this. It, it's yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I'm, I'm 51. It's like, shouldn't be doing social media and stuff like that. And my, that's a kid's thing. <laughs> you know, we do all right with it. We do good. I feel you, dude. I do, man. It's like sometimes I wish like I did have somebody I could just pay somebody just to do my social media every day for me, right? Well, the idea the the, the best thing is 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 I'd like Jen to do less hours and, and cover her costs and let her do some of the social media stuff. She really enjoys it. She likes to learn and do new things and be creative, but but I don't want to do too much because she's still got a full-time job and having that on top of it isn't fair. So over the course of the next 12 months, if we can bring in some sponsorship for the show, which we're going to start looking at over the next couple of weeks um, and bring some income into the show, then, you know, there are opportunities there then to, to help out a little bit more. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near there. I need to, It'll come, I, mate. It'll I, come. I know, I know. I, like I said, I'm not even, there's something, it's not even on my radar. Right. I'm just an honor just to have my own hats and my shirts and give away stickers and stuff. It's cool for me, it's right? Thing, it? It, it's yeah. the coolest thing. It is, man. It is. Everybody's like, man, you got any stickers? I'm like, yeah, I do. Hold up. Right now, I'm I'm such honored and humble. I'm like, yeah, here you go. Right. I got to order more stickers. I order more stickers. I'm like, yeah, I got more stickers. Here you go. I ordered some as well. Yeah. I, I yeah. put an order in last week for some stickers ready for the season. Great stuff, man. Great stuff. So listen, man, we got, dude, 2024 is for your podcast. You're, you're on a whole new level, right? It's going to be proper mega th this whole season for you. But as far as racing goes, Dave, man, there's so much to talk about, so much to get into across all boards, right? So uh, I know uh, we'll just start with my home country, right? Moto America. Obviously, Jake Gagne is still with the Tech Yamaha. We got Loris Baz back in uh, there for a little while. I mean, I don't know how true it was. I did hear a rumor going around that we had a chance of getting Glenn Irvin at one point. I don't know how how true that was, right? Um, <laughs> but where there's smoke, there's fire, you know? Yeah, I kind of think, yeah, I think the same. Um, uh, we'll find out about that in the next uh, couple of weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know a huge amount about Moto America, I'll be completely honest. It's because we don't get it live over here anymore like we used to when it was AMA and it was Ben Spees and it was Matt Maladin and you could you could watch all of those guys on a weekend was brilliant to watch. But we don't get it live anymore. So you lose touch with with who's doing what and what's going on. We, you know we we struggle to get Daytona. Um you have to go through NBC and you have to have a um, a VPN, and it, it, it's such hard work to to get hold of the American racing, um, which which is disappointing because they have some great riders, some great circuits. Daytona's always an absolute blast, and uh, your friend of mine, Brandon Pash, we know Brandon really well. He's a good friend, and it would be nice to see what he can do, um, and I see what what Loris Baz can do as well, going over there and and, and plowing his trade. But he's not going to find it. 
you know too easy it's like when um when the outsiders come to to bsb they find it really difficult to adjust especially at places like alton park and cadwell they just look at it and go what what why <laughs> and you know our guys have been brought up on it or they've raced them like jay snowhaller and he you know he's raced it for the past sort of 15 years or more um and brooksy the same in the last sort of 10 or 12 years so you know they're used to it, but coming in from the outside, it's as Tito Rabat found out, it's a tough, tough place, and and Moto America is no different. Yeah, yeah. Apart from Tony Elias, obviously, who was GP level rider and had the machinery and weighs about four stone wet through. Yeah, right, like Danny Perdosa for real. Yeah, yeah little jockey riders on horses is what they are. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so listen, lucky for you. I listen. I got the Moto America app, so I'll send you my login, my password, and all that. You can watch 2024 season for free. Thanks. You and Jennifer kick back and, and enjoy the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yep, I got gotcha. you. Um. So yeah, so yeah, Moto America man's gonna be good. We got uh, Ben Spees is back in the paddock, not as a rider, but as a uh, uh, manager. Yeah, Ray Hall, right? Which is gonna be good. Um, yeah, we got Cambobier back. It'll be his second season back on the Tyler's BMW. I mean, there's so much going on. Super Sport class is stacked. The whole series is is going to be good. So SDK I mean, returning. SDK is back too. He's on a BMW. I forget exactly what team he's riding for. A top Pro, I think. I, I think is who it is. Um, good yeah, for him. Glad he's got a decent ride. He's a good kid. Me too. Like him. Roy Skinner back at TAS. Uh, yeah. Yep, which is good. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's <clears throat> good. It's, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, you know, they had a, a difficult season, the pair of them, and uh, it's good to see them on uh, good competitive rides. Yeah, I uh, – man, my whole th- – Man, you know, just just the whole way that they did, you know, Roy and, and SDK and, and that whole Moto – the whole Moto2 class, I, I just – that's part of racing, though. It's just unfair sometimes, right? Absolutely, it, it is. Yeah, um, 100%. And sometimes when you look at racing, it's some things you look at and you you, you you just have to shake your head because how things happen is just incredible sometimes. And it happens all the time. It just so happens that we know both the guys that are involved, yeah. but it happens almost every week. Almost yeah. every week, in, in, in certainly in that MotoGP paddock, it is brutal, absolutely brutal. And you know, it, it's not somewhere I've, I want, I, you know, I don't want to work there. I have no dream to work in MotoGP or anything like that. You have to go in early and sort of grow with the paddock and earn your spurs and understand the nuances of that paddock. And just that nothing is, nothing's impossible in that paddock. Yeah, uh, you're, you're right. But yeah, so Moto America is going to be good this year. Uh, all the classes are going to be good. Uh, so yeah. obviously, we do know BSP and World Superbike and Moto GP. So let's start off with World Superbike. I'm going to say BSB for last because it's, it's, it's my f- <laughs> no, that in the TT, right? Uh, yeah. But one more thing on Moto America, we are getting okay. Peter Hickman in for the Daytona 200. So let's go, Hickey. Absolutely. Yep. Him and um, him as well. uh, Roger. No, his name's not Roger. What's his name? Uh, Hickey and uh, Richard. Sorry, I had a brain <laughs> fart. Yep. Um, so, World Superbike, baby. Top rack on the BMW. First race has already happened, right? Johnny Ray on the Yamaha. Um, so many stories from that weekend. Oh, my so God. So many stories. It was um, 
scripts that you couldn't write the fact that they resurfaced philip island and it was still like riding on a cheese grater for the tires um whether they have to use uh, a certain uh, mix of asphalt for philip island because it's so close to the coast it's so close to the sea um and the wind and everything else i guess they have to use a different asphalt to what we use over here that's you know really quite abrasive so sort of more stones than actual tar um i maybe i don't know i'm i'm surmising in in a lot of ways but it is certainly one of the most abrasive circuits in the world um and then to have it resurface and then go okay you can you can do no more than 11 laps in the race um but then you can only you have a minimum time pit stop which equals out the single-sided swing arm for the Ducati. And you can't leave pit lane after a minute and three or whatever it was in the super bikes. I think it was a minute and 11 for super sport. Yeah. Um, and you have to keep a constant speed through the beams because then it will trip up the sensors if you don't, as Toprak found out. And it just became just a, a, a bit of a mess. But the racing was brilliant. Bulliger was on fire. The crash knocked him. And, you know, he had a couple of heavy crashes while he was there. Jonathan Ray didn't know which way was up um, after free practice and qualifying. And then, unfortunately, that big crash um, in the race really sort of hindered, sort of put the the, uh, the cap on the weekend for him. But top rack on the BMW, that was immense. Bulliger was immense. Locatelli has come of age as well. I think that he's... He's kind of got the the monkey off his back. There's been a change of crew chief as well with um, Andrew Pitt going to uh, Jonathan's side, yeah. um, and and Locker getting new crew chief, and there's still a lot of his old staff from last year. So it, it's been what an amazing weekend of race. So good to have competitive racing back at last. At last, I know. Alex, then, Alex don't, don't forget dude, what Alex said. double. Yeah, the race winner. I was going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then Andrea and Noni right back. The maniac. It was good to see him. He, that that for me wasn't a massive surprise, given that he was, you know, a, a decent peddler in MotoGP. You don't lose it. He might be a little bit rusty, but he was in MotoGP for a reason. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's 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 a rider that is is on his day was world class. That's why he was there. So, yeah, that that didn't surprise me too much. But if we get to a couple of circuits that he doesn't know, maybe that'll be a bit of a leveler. Um, but, you know, it'd be a long time since he's been to Donington Park and places like that. But they're at Catalonia next, and he's raced there before. So it'd be good to see what, uh, what he can get up to as well. Yeah, I'm glad to have him back, and I loved his tribute helmet to Gobert. Superb. Lovely. Absolutely tribute. amazing. Yeah, Lovely. And- yeah, it, uh, Josh Brooks just come out with a tribute helmet too, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Brooksy? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, come out one. Yeah, um, yeah. Rich Stevens at, at Rich Art Concepts, who does Brooksy's helmets every year for him, he's got a, a tribute one for this year. Yeah, absolutely. And you see my original Gobert helmet right, right here. Yeah, yep, yep. behind you. Yep. That was back before he had the Reaper on the back. I think that was one of his first ones, maybe. I don't know. My buddy gave it to me. He's like, "Hey, man, do you want this? I'm gonna throw it away." He sent me a picture of it. I was like. That's Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. I do. Just bring yeah, it I'll come and get it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give you. As a matter of fact, I'll pay you for it. Right. That, that's what I will say. I will pay you for that helmet. Uh, we, need, we need to say hello to Chloe Jones while she's on. A- absolutely, Chloe Jones. Uh, 
What is up? Chloe's awesome. I'm so happy uh, on an RS660 this year. Uh, she's all right. Wait. Yeah, she's all right. <laughs> yeah, you're okay, Chloe. Now, Chloe's awesome. Uh, yeah, good stuff. I'm glad she's finally over her her illness. So, yeah, bravo. She was good fun to work with at OMG. She had a difficult season when she rode for the team, but we, we got on good and uh, tried to look after her as, as best we could. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking. She did a great job last year in the Super Sport class, in the Junior Super Sport and to see her go well this this coming year, I think she's in for a, for a great season. I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do. Absolutely. Me too. And then Mark Allen says, hey, Dave, I bet you won't be able to shut uh, Tim and Tom up about Rossi's ranch. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, there's a good 20 minutes at the end of uh, next week's show where we talk about that. Uh, yeah, I know that that's something I wanted to ask him about. Like, you know, how is it actually being that? You know, that that's his thing. Our podcast with that, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, Mark, got a lot of time for Mark as well and his son, Luca. Looking yeah, Luca can who's been on your show as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, Luca, absolute proper legend, dude. Luca Allen is awesome. Yes, yes. So is Harry Cook, man. All those guys. Yeah, all good guys. Yeah, yeah the future Jake, of uh, British okay. racing. Yep. Jake Marsh, Cameron Frazier. I'm mean, gonna sit here and go on and on. It's it's great. Lizzie Whitmore, right? Congratulations, Lizzie. F I M. She's actually teammates with my friend Mallory Dobbs at Races yeah. in Moto America here. So yeah, I can't wait to. Uh, it's an interesting one, and not I don't know how that's going to go. Not for for Lissy generally, but just how it all sets up. You got Anna Carrasco in there. Yep. Different level, but yeah, yeah brilliant for Lissy. Social for her. Yeah, me too. I, over the moon, and then Tara. Um, man, I can never remember her last name. She's going to be in there. She's super fast too. I forget the team she she's with, but she's uh she's one to watch out for too in that in that series. I think it's great, man. Uh to have that and i'm super excited that they're following world superbike around so it's gonna be yeah it, it's gonna be good you know uh i, I was oh man i was hoping garrett Gerloff was gonna be a little higher up in the order but again you know philip island comes with their own like you said repave it was eating tires up the crazy pit stops you know all that stuff that goes along with it look where the rest of the bmws were compared to top rack i know top rack had a he had a bit of an issue didn't he and then it went bang in the final race which was spectacular. Yeah. Alex Lowe's, I think it was like, <laughs> took him a little couple of laps just to recover from that because I can't imagine what it's like following another bike that lets go. It's so much going through your mind, making little buttons out of the seat. and Just no, not for me. Um, yeah. But looking at the, the pace he had beyond the other three BMWs was, was, was mind-blowing. Once they get that, Thing in the window and then they get him a little bit more comfortable on it i think he'll it'll be a challenge it's not short of power that's for sure no it, it absolutely not you know then my man scott redding so yeah they're they're uh they still got work to do just like honda right hrc out there in the world Superbike. that's a slow project that isn't it yeah it is man that's yeah. not working too well at all and replacing leon cameo with a new team manager <sighs> I don't know. It's in in the the years that they've been doing that since they came back into it with the two years with with Bautista and with Leon Haslam and then with Lecuona and uh, Vieje. <sighs> Unless you look at the timesheets and see the the distance from them to the leader as that's coming down, they don't seem to be making too much progress on the uh, in the actual results, which is, is a shame for someone like HRC. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll see what happens. They'll, I'm sure they'll figure it out, or they'll just come out with a new bike, right? I mean, <laughs> if it isn't broke, throw. If you can't fix it, throw another bike at it. Right, throw another bike at it. Throw it in the bin. I mean, that's HRC's 
motto, right? Put it um, in the crusher. Yeah, put it in the crusher and let's come out with with the whole new one. Um, and then yeah, of course, MotoGP, man. MotoGP is Mark Marquez on the Ducati. I mean, everybody knows everybody that they don't even have to listen to this podcast. If you're into two wheels only, you already know what's going on in MotoGP. Let's just be honest. Uh so from from seeing all the practices, right? All the way leading up to right now where we're talking, uh, who do you think who's in your top three, the top three finishers at the end of the year in, in MotoGP as of right now? Um, hang on, bear with me one second. No, go ahead. I can't find it straight away. You're good, you're good, mate. Cora, what is up? Oh, there it is. Look, here you go. <laughs> I already knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I already knew who your number one was, Peco Bagna. That's my boy. That's my boy. Um, yeah, I mean, Peco's been absolutely imperious in testing, breaking lap records at Sepang and at Qatar, um, which is just incredible. Uh, the, the obviously the the twenty twenty four um Ducati is clearly a weapon uh, more so than the 23 bike was it took a little bit of time to get going but um any Ducati rider is going to be there or thereabouts this year um whether Pecco will win it or not I don't know I think he's he seems to have a massive air of confidence this year Jorge Martin he has the potential to be distracted by who he rides for next year um I don't think he'll stay at, um, at Pramac, especially they're announcing that um, Fermin Aldegar is moving to Pramac for 25, isn't he, that was announced early today. Yep. So that's either him or Morbidelli that's moving on. But he has expressed his, his dissatisfaction that if he doesn't ride in red for 25, that he will go elsewhere. And i got this, this sneaky little feeling that, that maybe we'll see a 93 in red for, for 2025 because why wouldn't you why would you not put if 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 mark can chat even if he challenges for the title which ducati won't want they always want the red bikes to finish first and second and then a another ducati third and if that's mark then great it, it's he's going to be um it's going to be a big threat this year um and i think it will be between peco and jorge martin again don't think the Aprilias are strong enough. I'd like to see Bezeki move up a little bit more. Don't think the Yamaha has quite brought anything to the table or the Honda. So I think it's um, it's it's between the uh, the Ducatis. Digi, I would like to see Digi top six on a regular basis. I really like him. Um, but the top three: Peko, Jorge Martin, and uh, Mark. But in what order? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much that goes along with this this love hate relationship with with, with uh, Martin and Ducati, right? Because he feels betrayed. Uh, I personally, and I've said this before, I think he's going to be one of the first riders to announce he's jumping ship for 2025 this year. Um, and I have a feeling it might be pretty early. I don't know how early, but I think he is the first one to go. And so with saying that, I think that Ducati's even in a worse predicament this year because now you got the number 93 on the Grassini bike, right? Uh, like you said, they don't want the satellite team to win, right? Because let's say, for instance, Martin did. It wouldn't have been Primac with the number one. They would have swapped him and Bastanini, right? And then right boom. Away. 
yeah. right away. Like that evening, like take that shirt off, put this shirt on. See ya. <laughs> yeah, facts. That's exactly how it go down, right? Uh, it's I mean, been real. I'd have had to pay somebody an awful lot of money for that privilege to happen. But you imagine having the number one on a satellite bike. It, it doesn't bear thinking about. So I think if uh, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm summarizing. I have no idea. I don't have that many good links in the in the MotoGP paddock. It's all hype, sort of hypothesis, same as we all do. But yeah. um, I, I think that, that that Jorge Martin will disappear from the Ducati fold. I think he, he's he's not going to get the right. His chance came. And went when Bastianini was promoted rather than him. And it turns out that he was a stronger rider in 2023. So I think Ducati maybe picked the wrong guy then, but obviously Enea was injured at Portimao and never really recovered for, for the rest of the season until he showed his his true colours towards the end, which was great to see. And hopefully he'll stay fit for this year and he might just, you know, make a fist of it. We can't really count him out either if the bike's as good as it says, as Peko showing it to be. So th there's always that option there. But I think that they'll, that I'll, all eyes will be on Mark for, for 2023, uh, 2024. Sorry. Convin confused about what year we're in already. Yeah, right. Me too. Uh, I'm, I'm, in Mark, and I'm still not used to it. Right. Yeah. I, I said, is it, I said, are we in 2025? They're like, no, it's just now 2024. I was like, uh, duh. Okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot on my mind. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, dude, you're absolutely right, Dave. It's, um, there's so much going on, so much to play. Uh, you know, there's it, dude, MotoGP is one of the most crazy rumor wheels there is in, in our two wheel world, right? Uh, like there's, there's only four riders in contract for 2025. That's what I was going to say. Yep, that's 20 it. Or 22 riders now that are all looking for the same seats, but something's got to give. If Fermin Aldegar is coming up, then something's got to give. Somebody has to make way into a different championship or a, as a test rider. And you don't really see where that is unless, you know, Augusto Fernandez, you know, Ralph Fernandez has got a lot to prove to to keep his seat and to keep moving forward. But where, where do you think Jorge Martin will end up? I have a, I have a, a small theory or, a, well, it's actually a guess, but where do you think he'll end up? I, uh, me? I, dude, I would love to see, honestly, I have, I have two. One is either KTM or Aprilia. And the reason why I say KTM is because of, uh, dude, uh, Augusta, he, he's got to step his game up, dude. He was two yeah. seconds off, right? I mean, you got baby Jeebus right next to you that was just on fire, which puts Jack Miller at risk, right? I see Jack Miller maybe doing some type of testing role, going to World Superbike or something. And, dude, there's so many kind of plays right there, you know, Raul and, and, and yeah. the, the Aprilia squad, uh, especially with uh, even Alicia Spargo saying that, you know, he might be done after the end of this year. Uh, and Maverick needs to step his game up at Aprilia because he has not done anything but be world Unless champion. Challenges for the championship, I don't think they'll keep him. See, so to me, I, I think Jorge Martin will end up at Aprilia. Yep, that's what I think. I think it'd yeah, be the either strongest factory, and it's a factory contract. Yeah. That's what he wants. He wants to be a factory rider, and you wouldn't necessarily go to Honda or Yamaha at this point. And I don't think there'll be room for him at KTM. Mm -mm. They have their own process to go through, um, so I, I have a feeling he, he may well end up at Aprilia. I would love to see it because I think he'd do really well at Aprilia. I do. 
Um, I think they yeah. need that next level of rider because Aleish is is a great rider, but he's not challenging for a championship. Maverick is is an incredible rider on his day, but his day isn't very often. So for the effort that uh, Revolver and the team are putting in, I think if they can pick somebody who's a regular top five, top six rider, then that will make the difference for them. Yeah, I think that uh, Aleish would be a great test rider. For, you know, he's like, he's in with the pro. He's been there since the beginning of the project, believed in him, stuck by him, and got it to where it is now, to be honest yeah, with you. Right? He's, he's a he, big, becomes, he becomes um, a Prillia's Danny Pedroza, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then Maverick, too. My, my whole thing with Maverick's downfall has always been his mental game. Mentally, he is not strong. I think this is what I'm saying. This is just me talking. I think his big downfall was with Yamaha. When 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 he left Yamaha to go to Aprilia, there was behind us whatever it was, right? We don't know because we're not in the garage when the garage doors shut. We don't hear those conversations. So to me, it it seems like mentally he's never come back from that. To me, that's just me personally because he hadn't. He's challenged for a win maybe what three or four times since he's been with Aprilia, maybe. Yeah, I mean, they go, they go well at Silverstone, don't they? Because they're big, long, sweeping curves, big, long straights. They can use the the power of the Aprilia, and Aleish always goes well there. Maverick goes well there. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. I, I think um, Aleish could be a, a, decent, uh, a, a decent test rider, no doubt, but I think he's still got a little bit to offer. But... Maverick, he had his issues in Moto3 when you go way back, when he left yeah, the team yeah. and he stormed out of the circuit. And I forget, it might have been Sepang or somewhere like that and didn't come back for it when he was, I think it was for Bluesen's Aprilia. Yep, that's exactly. No, no, one, two, three. Uh, one, two, three. He's had a one, two, five or a Moto3. I forget that the years are uh, advancing <laughs> quicker than my brain cells. <laughs> um, but in the Tiddler class anyway. So, yeah, he he's always a bit of a worry with his um with his mental approach yeah uh but overall it's it's going to be exciting also because all the contracts are up except for the four it's it's uh it's a big That's game a story than the race in itself it is it really is you know and and so sprint race has been going on for a while and I, I, we've never really talked about what what's your view on the sprint races dave you like them um yeah, but it's it's an extra race. What's not to love? Right. Um, but I, I think, in terms of what the riders have to go through, the mechanics and and, and the, the the stress that it puts on them, there's a lot less stress in FP4 than there is in a in a sprint race. And I think for me, they Dorna, for me, what they should have done is done it like every three rounds something like that and and not made it an integral part of the championship from the very start f1 do the same thing do they have like five or six sprint races maybe i don't know i don't, I don't follow it that closely i'll watch it yeah, if it's yeah. on but if they had maybe one in three was a sprint race it gives you something extra to look forward to and they're they're bonus points in that respect they're not for part of the championship and when you you have to strategize the races as much as they do in, a, in the flip side to it, the um, the sprint races have been fantastic because it, it's, it's half the number of laps. It's proper racing. It's it's not the strategy that the full GP is at 24, 25, 26 laps where 
bugger all happens until the end of the race because everybody's trying to save tires. They're trying to um, not fall foul of the tire pressure rule, and it, it, it's not that the the Grand Prix has not been the the most exciting through 2023, but the sprints have been fabulous. So yes, it's been great from a racing and from a fans perspective. Um, but from a championship perspective and injuries and things like that, I think it's, it's robbed us of a few riders over the uh, over the season. Yeah, I I couldn't have said it better. I agree 110. That's my exact view. The the only thing I would add to it is, man, dude, if I'm a sprint rider and I win a sprint race, I want a fucking race, right? It's I don't care. I won the race. That's me. That's me in the winner's circle. That's me holding that track. That's me, number one. I won that. Don't take it away from me. Yeah, it's a sprint race. Yeah, but then you're not allowed to call them races, are you? It's just a no. sprint. <laughs> the Grand Prix is a race, but the sprint is a sprint race. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I would, I would add to that. That's I it. Agree. That's it. But yes, so MotoGP. So here we go, man. My two favorite <laughs> series in the world: that the TT and BSB. We'll we'll start with the TT, man. Uh, oh. Michael Dunlop, 130 miles an hour on a 600. People, I'll say it again: <laughs> Mickey D on a 600, 130. That is probably I, to me the, the biggest story of it. It was Sorry. coming. When when they um, when they came back in twenty two, um, he did a a one twenty nine seven I think, um, and it, it's and they'd resurfaced Solby, they'd resurfaced from Ginger Hall. Um, it, the, the the circuit was in far far better condition than it was when they came back after the break in in twenty two, and. Yeah, it, it's absolutely no surprise. He is, it, it, they all are, but Michael is particularly phenomenal on that uh, on that Honda CBR six hundred. Man, a six hundred. I was like, dude, you got to be. I mean, that's not far off a super bike or super stock. Yeah, it's six miles an hour, but that's. Well, no, it's not. There's, there's, there, there, there are riders that still race at the TT that are yet to join the 130 club on a stocker or on a, yeah, a superbike. That's the, true. The, the, the mark has moved now. For the last few years, it's been joining the 125 club. But now sort of Pete and Dean and Michael have, have moved the, uh, the, the goalpost to, towards 136. The new 125 club is the 130. And the same was... It was uh, to get into 130, and then it was to be a 125. Uh, sorry, 120, then a 125, and then a 130. So the 130 club is now what was the 125, and now the next club to join is is the 135. Yeah, it's myself up here, but yeah, that that's the next goal for a lot of riders is for your Davy Tards and and riders like that. You know, the 135 is is the next goal. That's just. Absolutely unbelievable, dude! It's crazy. Then hit me in the one thirty six. I'm thinking to myself, like, how many? How long is it going to take till we see the magical one forty? Right now, I'm sure ten years ago they they were thinking the same thing. How long is it going to be till we see the one thirty? Right yeah. now, now there's no way they're going to be doing one thirty five. Peter Hickman, yeah, went past that. By yeah, it's uh, it's, yeah. So, it's, I think it's, it's possible. We had this chat back in 2022 with Sam West. 
And and Sam firmly believes that at some point we will get a 140 lap. And a lot of that is down to the road surface, the bikes. He thinks the bikes are, are, are quick enough as it is to do it as it as they are, because it's down to the rider. You can't get a hundred percent of the bike everywhere on that circuit these days. The rider, the there's always there's a million variables to a, a TT lap, both from rider, machine, and I can't remember what Pete's ideal lap was when you take each of his best sectors. I might be speaking out of turn. I think it was 138. Um, if every sector, if he did every sector perfect, that would have been his his ideal lap. Um, I might be speaking out of turn. I can't remember. But it, it's, again, it, it's really not all that far away from 140. Where does it stop? I think I'd be very surprised if if we do ever see it. But who's to say? Yeah, I- Absolutely right. And then on top of that, dude, Mickey D has the opportunity to pass the great Joey Dunlop this year with another win, right? What do you think the chances of that are happening? I I think it, it's I, – you can never say it's 100%, but I think it's as strong as it can be. He needs one to equal Joey and then obviously two to become the new greatest of all time. And and that's special. There are arguments that you, when you're sat in a pub, you, you, you're going to get somebody that's going to go, yeah, but, yeah, but, and yeah, but he has twenty, or he has the potential to come away with twenty-eight or twenty-nine, depending on how his week goes. Hell, he could he, if if he really has a good week, he could come out with thirty. Um, it, it's you know hit. Um, Hutchie did five in a week. If if Michael does five in a week, he's on thirty. That's so it. Yeah. It, it, it's not it, it's it's improbable, but it's not impossible. Yeah, you're right. And uh, Hutchie, from off the, from what I remember, I could be wrong. Isn't he the only one that did uh, five races, five wins in the TT week? He's the only yeah, one that ever did. Has he? Hickey's done four yeah. a couple yeah. of times. Yeah. Um. But with Super Twins, with Super Sport, Super Stock, Super Bike, and Senior, you've got some opportunities to do it. You do, and, and a lot of people don't realize, man. When when it comes to the TT racing, you know, it's not it's not like short circuit racing when one rider on one or two bikes is the same exact bike, right? You're going from a one thousand to Super Stock to a Twin to six hundred, and you don't get a lot of practice. So it's immediately on it and flat out from the get go. It's them guys are absolutely guys and girls are just superhuman on a whole nother level. They really are. I have such a, 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 I guess there are elements of the TT. I absolutely adore. There are elements of the TT. I really struggle with. We're going this year. We've just paid the, we paid the ferry just yesterday. Um, We're going over Wednesday to uh, practice week to the Saturday tea time. And, I, I can't wait. We missed it last year. We had a, a bad year in 22 with the people that, that we lost. Um, and working for the team was, it, it's really intense. And I, I, last year I was like, nah, I, I don't want to go. 22 took me a long time to get over it. it. People come away from that place drained after two weeks um, at the TT. And you kind of, there's no break. And then you're straight off to Knock Hill. And it, it, it's the adjustment's incredible. 
but I, I can't wait to go back. I really can't. It, it, we're going to go to the Northwest. We're going to go to the TT. They are just amazing events. And yeah, I can't wait to be there. It, there's something very, very special about the TT. You can feel the history. And, and it's what what they say, What the as you say, what the boys and girls do, the pressure the mechanics and the teams are under just to get the bikes ready, not just the, the pit stops that they do. But and I know after talking to a lot of the boys that, that work out there that they they don't get a lot of sleep because they, they're forever thinking, you know, have I done that? Have I tightened this? They, they've double checked it and triple checked it. And sometimes they still doubt themselves. Yeah, it's uh, listen, the TT is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life on two wheels. Absolutely. And I've never been there. It's on my bucket list. Uh, so that's next besides coming back to Cadwell Park for sure. And to me, Cadwell Park, that mountain jumps, the most beautiful thing I've seen on short circuits in my entire life, too, as well. Right. Let's just be honest. It's uh, hard to describe, isn't it? It's uh, listen, I've it's been my favorite track and I've seen it on TV many times, played it on video games, but it's absolute dude. You know, so you go to racetracks, you see like turn one at Coda and, and our Laguna's sake of the corkscrew and all this shit, right? You're like, yeah, it's steep, it's that, it's that. But to see them physically jump like Brooks and Vickers, man, they're four or five feet in the tire in their air, and you're like, holy shit, like it's it just. It shouldn't happen, just like the TT, right? You're like, this shouldn't be happening. This is not real, but it is. And you feel, yes, it's absolutely magical. It's the most beautiful it, I mean, that was the first racetrack I ever went to when I was five <sighs> years old, um, back in 1970-something. So I've been going, That's it's only 45 minutes from my hometown. You know my, my connection to Cadwell. Yep. And it, it would be a travesty if we ever lost it off the calendar. But conversely, I understand completely why we could maybe one day lose it off the calendar. Well, hopefully that never happens. No, I don't. I, I yeah. do as well. You just put, yeah. you know, in, in this day and age, it's now yeah. nah, with the super bikes, it, it's, it's a very, very small circuit, very narrow circuit. There's not a lot of um, width to it. So, no, but that That's mountain jump is. is beautiful but i'm telling you everybody should get on a plane and go and watch it what did i tell you about turn one turn yes dude so i was just talking about this with my buddy the other day i was like because he's like yeah you keep talking about the mountain i was like listen turn one bro no bullshit is absolutely amazing beautiful there like on a super bike i think by listening if i correct me if i'm wrong their fifth gear on a super bike going through there yeah whether they go back one or two from the okay. start it's but then throw it in it's cambered it's beautiful you're looking down on them they're i don't know if they're 120 miles an hour something like that at the apex and then they have to come over the crown to go then right through charlie's one and charlie's two as they disappear over the hill which it, is blind and you can't yeah, see over it at all you can't see it charlie's one to charlie's two is blind yeah it's it's a magical place. You can't man. make circuits like that. They have to be natural. Like Alton Park, they've got to yeah. follow the natural flow of the land. And Brands Hatch in the valley, it, it, ah, superb. We're very fortunate. Yes, very, very fortunate, right? I wish I wish we were the size of the UK. I could drive from north to south in six, seven hours, <laughs> 10 hours to get to Daytona. And that's driving straight through, you know? And that's only it's a couple of states away. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I think our furthest is five. 
That's to Sn- that's Snetterton. That's five hours. Yeah, that's nothing. Two hundred and fifty miles. Yeah, that's that's like round the corner for you guys. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Like a pint of milk, Simcoe. Right, <laughs> right. So yeah, man. Listen, the, 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 we talked about TT, man. I think that uh, obviously Hickman, man. I think Hickman's got a, a very good opportunity to to win the senior game. But the TT is one of those things, man, that it's hard to make any predictions just because of it, it, what it is, the history. Um, Can't you, you, you really can't. There, there is every chance that. That Hickey will add to his um, his TT tally. He is in. He's so so good on the big bike. We haven't mentioned Dean moving to Honda. This yep. is Dean's chance. Dean Harrison moving from Dow Racing. Dow Racing not doing the TT at all this year. Nope. Uh, away from his from his long love with Kawasaki. He's now on the same kit as Michael on the factory Honda. Michael on the Hawk Honda. Um, he, he's. That's the ammunition he's wanted. So let let's see what what he can do. Davy Todd on the BMW, um, John McGuinness. He, he's still fast, like he says. It once the younger lads beat me, they can have my ride. Until then, I'll keep going. Um, Nathan Harrison. Hopefully, this year will be fully fit. He was injured at the, um, the at the Northwest last year, wasn't he? And he missed the yep. TT. Um, so he he has a point to prove this year, and that would be something special for the guy who lives, you know, in Honkin just down the road. So Nathan's a, a, the future of the sport, along with uh, with Davy Todd and Joey Thompson, Jim Hind. Um, who else is young? There's a few. All of them besides us. <laughs> They're all younger than me. That's yeah. That's what I said. All of them besides the us. is just younger than me. Yeah, McGinnis. Yeah, he's been dude. What a legend, man. He's it's it's yeah. Joey Thompson, uh, Force Dunn. He's a mate of mine. He's racing there too again this yeah. year. Um, there's so many, man. All those guys are just absolute legends of the sport. Ah, oh, it's it's great to watch. You had Finn Smart Whedon on Finn's brother Tom. Yep. Tom, another yep. good rider. Rob Hodgson. Yep. So many. It's yeah, the list can go on and on, man. And then you got the list when you try not to forget people. So Craig I know Neve, you like Craig Neve, all of them, man. That's why, <laughs> dude. I feel like I should just write all this down in my notebook before I do this, because then it'd be like ten minutes of shout outs and all this, right? Yeah, that's right. Really. Then you don't get messages going out. Thanks for not mess. Thanks for not mentioning me. You're like, oh. no, right? I'm like, oh my god, I forgot. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, so BSB, dude, 2024 is going to be absolutely. Uh, my favorite race of the year was the last race. Uh, Glenn and Tommy, half a point between them. So Post- nervous oh. for everybody. Dude, it was – listen, at the end of the day, man, at, uh, man, I wanted Glenn to win, then I wanted Tommy to win, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, man, I just want I just want PBM to win, right, because of Birdie and, you know, yeah, the, the whole situation. It was down for those two. Yeah. Um, it was – I mean – <laughs> I can't it, it's been a while since we've had a season like that with with proper needle um and it polarized the fans and both riders know how to put to they both played social media really well Glenn particularly has played social media beautifully especially over the winter 
some of the stuff he's posted and you, you kind of, when you, when you know the game, you know what's coming and a lot of the fans aren't, you know, I'm privileged to understand how things work behind the scenes and a lot of fans haven't had that, that opportunity. So there's so many are so desperate to find out what, what Glenn's doing for 2024, but he's played the social media game beautifully. Who won the championship? I've, I've got friends in both sides of the camp and it, it, you know, I think at the time the best man won. I think Tommy had his opportunities. He took them. Glenn had his opportunities. Sometimes he took them. Sometimes he didn't have the chance. And I think it's, Testament to the team that they, the bikes were as good as they were, and it it was one of the the best finales we had um, since Hill and Hopkins in. I was going to say twenty eleven. Yeah, twenty eleven goes a long way to to beat that. Do you want to lose by half a point, or do you want to lose by point six point six thousandths of a second? It's either way. Nobody wants to be. You know, nobody wants to have to have the, the winner's T-shirts thrown in the back of the truck and used as polishing rags because they're always there. That's the yeah. thing that fascinates me. That they're, If anybody's in with the shout of the championship at the end of the season, they have a box of T-shirts ready and then they just they never get to see the light of day. I wonder, dude, I always wondered to myself, what do they do with those T-shirts? I mean, you can't Polish sell them. them. No, there's nothing you can do with them. No. no nothing you can do with them. Um I have one hung up in my wardrobe from 22. That's probably the only one I'll ever have. Um, but yeah, you can imagine that, that two or three riders just just think other teams will have them. Sometimes the riders won't even know they're there yeah. because that puts that's a, a difficult thing. I remember back in 2000 um, at Donington Park, there were a load of flags with Chris Walker's name on it, um, and it said Chris Walker, British Superbike Champion. And I think he only had to literally push his bike round for for two races, and he would have been crowned champion. But again, back in two thousand, it was halfway through the second race, the the GSXR let go. It was a fifty p valve spring, and it looked like the space shuttle, the plumes of smoke, and and that was his uh, that was his championship done. And Neil Hodgson went on to become uh, two thousand British Superbike champion. But yeah, yeah, I remember seeing the flags of Chris Walker, British champions. Wow. How, yeah, nothing. You you can't count your chickens in motorcycle racing. Not a chance. No, absolutely not. I'll never forget that because I was watching it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was with GSE Ducati at the time. Haji um, was, yeah, yeah. Yep, Haji yep, was yep. Haji was, yep, yep. See, I got a good memory, man. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. we'll get to talk to Haji in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, dude, he's a legend. Hey, I met him in AMA. I got a poster of him on the. Uh, Austin Ducati actually right there. Neil Hodgson yeah. right there. Number yeah, one. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's uh he's you know, of course, dude. I've always been a fan of the whole BSB. So he come from over there, and I was what dude, I was just so happy. I was like, dude, I'm so happy you're here in America. You have, I'm done my mind. He's just like, same thing. He's like, dude, your energy is just like crazy, <laughs> right? Uh he even said that back then. It was awesome. G- great guy, man. Always took the time, even when the crowd would come around him. It was funny because I was standing there. I was like, it's Neil Hodgson. And, you know, all my friends are like, who the hell is Neil Hodgson? I'm <laughs> like, what are you kidding me right now? You know, I'm, I'm just that special nerd when it comes to motorcycle racing, I guess. I don't know. Plenty uh, of us about. That's, that's what makes the uh, that's what makes the sport so good. 
It it does, man. It does, dude, bro. We've been at this for an hour and a half already, and it only seems like flown well, by, dude, it? dude. I love it, dude. Absolutely, I love it. But unfortunately, I got to go back to work sometime. So we're gonna end this here soon. But before I do, Dave, I want to get into my favorite part of the interview. All these good, juicy, personal questions I got. Right? I was hoping you missed out on those. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. Not. Okay, gotta go. Thanks very much. Good yeah. Night. Right. Okay. Bye, dude. Bam. <laughs> All right, I'll go easy on you. Ah, uh, go for it, Mike. Hit me with it. All right, so uh, do you have a favorite movie, Dave? Yes. What is it? Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Nice. Absolute. Which one? One, two, or three? First one. First one. Yeah. The original's the best. Uh, absolutely. There's I've very few times I ever watch that will always be in the top three, but it, it's usually. It, I would say that that's my favorite film. Yeah, it's it's and it's scary sometimes when they make a, a like a part two and part three because you don't want to mess them up. You're like, please don't mess this up. Please no, don't they, mess they, this they up. They worked okay, but the original is is still the best. It it is just like Top Gun and Ghostbusters yeah. and the Goon. Well, the Goonies only made Goonies one. Is, is yeah, Goonies is great. Dude, yeah, I'm a child of the '80s, so yeah. yeah. Me too. Right again, given away our age. So uh, I'm a big audio book listener right i listen to a ton of audio books uh so if so do you yourself and what book are you reading right now or listening to um i i don't listen to audio books i have a kindle so i read every night before before i fall asleep and i'm reading a book at the moment i forget what the author's called but it's called the key it's part of a, a trilogy the first the first book was called um sanctus and the second one is called the key and it's based around um, a place called Ruin in Turkey, uh, in, in the Citadel. It's kind of an adventure, CIA. Um, it involves the, the the Roman Catholic Church and a, a girl who's a reporter, and they find things out in Iraq, and the Roman Catholic Church tried to stop them, and they're looking for the Garden of Eden, the... Um, the Citadel held the um, sacrament, which was the spirit of Eve. So that then it all revolves around that. And it, it's it's absolutely fascinating. It's, it's a great, great story. I like a good adventure. Yeah. So it's kind of like Indiana Jones in a way. Right? A little bit. Yeah. 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 I, I, I change all the time. That I like. I like a lot of CIA. I like a lot of spy stuff. I like a lot of aviation. Um, I like a lot of motorcycle racing stuff. And so then when new books come out, um, Stewie Barker, who's a, a great motorcycle writer, he read his book recently on Evil Knievel. Um, and he did, um, what, what else has he done? I think he's done John Reynolds. He's done Neil McKenzie. He's done a book on Barry Sheen. He's, he, he's also doing one on Ian Simpson that comes out towards a TT. Oh, nice. I've read a few of those recently as well. Yeah, I uh, I, all, the, all the motorcycle books that I've actually read, I've read very few, but I've listened to. If they're on audiobooks, I listen to yeah. every single one of them on audio. John McGinnis, and but out of out of all those, out of the motorcycle racer uh, autobiographies, my favorite so far is John Hopkins Leathered. Yeah, very um, very. Yeah, it was no holds bar tells a hundred percent the truth, and I love that because it you you, very, you very see good. what it actually was because. 
everybody goes through their own personal demons and, and their own personal fights, right? There's very yep. few famous racers, riders, NASCAR, whoever it is, football that comes out and actually tells the real deal. And to me, absolutely amazing book. That was good. That was a good book and written by um, Matt Roberts. Yep, who, Matt Roberts. Steve Parrish and with Shaky as well. Yep, absolutely. Good yes. Book. Really good. Uh, yeah, it was. It was absolutely And then, um, Speaking Matt, of NASCAR, sorry, I've just watched the um, the Netflix series of NASCAR. Oh, oh d- NASCAR. was wow. it good? Oh, that's incredible. It's a shame oh. we have to pay £12 a month to get NASCAR because that was it, was everything that the Moto GP documentary should have been. It wasn't oh. trying to be drive to survive, it was its own thing. And we were absolutely fascinated by it. That was class. Really, really I'm gonna have to watch it because I seen it yeah. on Netflix. I was like, man, I got. But I'm not a fan of NASCAR, so I'm just like, yeah. But I, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to check it out now for sure, hundred percent. Music, Dave. What's in your playlist? Oh man, do you want me to do? I have a look. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's to be fair. It's <laughs> to be fair. It's easy. Um, Luke Combs great artist jordan davis morgan wallen bailey zimmerman so there's a massive massive country vibe um on the playlist i, I love country music um absolutely adore it went to see luke combs back in october when he toured the uk and we go and see bailey zimmerman in may when he comes he playing manchester in may um but also i still like the the 90s rip pop i love oasis um and it's their 40th anniversary this year and of, of my all-time favorite band. It's their 40th anniversary of their first single, Runaway. And I will and remain a massive Bon Jovi fan. Yeah. He, he can't sing for shit, but some would say he's never been able to. <laughs> but for the, the last 10 years, his voice has been horrendous. But the anything pre-2015... Um, sort of 2015, is for me is just brilliant so yeah that's uh that's my number one band is, is bon jovi but the country thing super love it yeah I, I feel you on that i i like country i love the old school classic rocks the the 70s the 80s you know uh I, i'm really into big friend uh frank sinatra too i, I listen oh, to nice. a lot of frank sinatra it's something about dude he just jams man it puts yeah. me in this yeah frank's yeah frank's my dude right there um, and uh, rap man so much i mean i like what's the your old favorite movie, movie by the way huh what's your rap- favorite movie top gun the ah. original top gun <laughs> absolutely right uh because that's what my dad did he was a fighter pilot off the you know uh aircraft carriers when i was growing up so yeah i remember him taking me to the movie theater and i was just glued to it like and, and the Dude, Tom Cruise on the GPZ 900, getting the girls and all that. I was like, dude, yeah, absolutely. This is the shit, right? Yeah. 100%. 100%. It's, uh, yeah, so that's my all-time favorite movie Top Gun. I could watch it over and over. I, I know it line for line. Absolutely. It's it's yeah. one of those movies. Yeah. You I never agree. get sick of watching. You're just like, yeah, I can nope. re-watch it. <laughs> uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. What Star Wars character would Dave Neal be? Boba Fett. Nice, Boba Fett. I'd be Darth Vader. You would? 
Yeah, yeah, man. Because I like Anakin. Like, I not not the whole side of you know, man. You know, Anakin. Like, okay, if I was personally going to be a if I had to pick a Star Wars character, it'd be Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, he turns into Darth Vader. But if I was going to be uh, a Star Wars character, I would be more like uh, Ahsoka. I'd be like in the middle, right? I wouldn't be evil, but I wouldn't be fully good because I still want to get married and, and have kids, right? You can't do that if you're a Jedi, right? But I'm not going to be the evil side where I'm I'm taking over and killing everybody. I'm going to protect everybody. But I wouldn't be a Jedi if that makes sense. But if I had yeah. to pick just one character, uh, yeah, it would probably be, yeah, man, Darth Vader or Obi-Wan, dude, for sure. Yeah, nah, that's um, cool. But yeah, it's uh, I was never a Star Trek fan. My my brother on the other, he's opposite, so he's a big, you know, Star Trekky. All this, I can't even do it. Whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Live long and prosper, and all. That. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I I just get on there with a lightsaber, and yeah, it'd be the end of the Enterprise for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff, man. All right, so uh, favorite food, Dave. What is your favorite food? Texas barbecue. Biscuit brother and the uh the hangover from the uh the biscuit company in, in Fort Worth, hands down. But here, I don't know, I like a good Italian, I like good Chinese, I like good yeah. steak, good fish and chips. I just like good food. Yeah, me too. Good yeah. home cooked food. I, I, I absolutely uh man, I love Greek, Thai, Indian. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. As long as it's good food, uh, I'm with it. And I like spice. Do you, do you like spicy food? Uh, I can take it or leave it. I'm not, I'm not, it wouldn't be my first choice. All right. Well, me, I'd be like, bring me the spice. Bring me all the spice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Celebrity crush, Dave. Oof. As a kid, it was Linda Carter. Right. Show me somebody my age that it wasn't or um, Daisy Duke. Um, but today, um, difficult, difficult. It's hard to pick one. Because so many. Yeah, I, I, I don't really, I don't really pay much attention these days. As, as much as you see when you were younger. And um, just, I don't know, no. honestly, I can't think of like actresses or singers. Or, I, I, I don't, I'm not big into sort of modern music. I couldn't tell you who was number one in the charts yeah. or anything like that. It's the, those days of a long gone. Um, and as far as actresses and things like that, no, I, there probably is one, but I, I can't think off the top of my head that's a really bad answer to the question sorry mate. it's okay it's okay you got time to think about it for our part three of this uh conversation <laughs> so yeah yeah i'll come back and ask you to on our next podcast <laughs> that's awesome uh me man i mean there's so many oh, man dude like you said but growing up dude be sam hayek dude I always had a thing for her yeah yeah, um, yeah it's pretty yeah yeah gail gail gadget she she's beautiful too. I mean, there's yeah, there's, there's so many. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of pretty actresses about, but just one that's a celebrity crush. Then, yeah. um, off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh, Winnie from um, man, what was that TV show? <sighs> Had Fred Savage in it. <sighs> it'll come back to me anyway. Yeah, it'll I mean, come always back. go down the married with children route. 
Dude, Married with Children was I love that. That was one of my favorite TV shows of all time. That and the Chappelle show, absolutely hands down. Oh yeah. no, the Chappelle show we never got, but we we definitely got um, Married with Children. Bro, you never seen the Chappelle show? Oh, dude, I got all right, all right. I'm gonna have to change that. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. You just let me worry about that. I got you on that. All right. Uh, Is that where Dave Chappelle comes from? Is that his? Yeah. No, no. So he he so he had a TV uh, series that ran for I think four seasons or three seasons, and it was like a sketch comedy, and it was okay. just absolutely brilliant. I mean, it was just brilliant. Yeah, I will. I'll get it sorted for you, Dave. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? You are good enough. I love it. I love it. Great. That'd be great. Awesome. Advice. Yeah. You are good enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what about you? uh, man, probably the same thing. Like, uh, yeah, I, I'm good enough. Uh, I'm, um, honestly it would be i'm good enough and no matter what people think of you you, you can't let what people think of you and judge you whatever way they judge you you got to be you because you're different than everybody else just like you're different and just like she's different and he's different right so just beat to your own drum and just be as happy as you can for I'm real sure. and, and that's so hard to do you know even especially <laughs> as you get older as an adult right it's it's uh but yeah, I, that's that, that that's to me now. You know, that's why I'm so just go lucky, happy vibes all the time, no matter the situation. Like, oh my God, there's a big fire. We need fire extinguishers. I'm just like a jellyfish in the ocean. Okay, let's go put it out. No problem. You know, all this. And people are like, how, how don't you freak out? I'm just like, I'm just happy. Yeah, what's the point? You know? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get it sorted out. No bother. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll sort it out 100%. But yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, because it's hard when people you know, you try to fit in and, you know, well, me growing up, man, I moved so much in the Navy. Right. So I was constantly sure. moving, constantly leaving friends, making friends. But I think that's what made me who I am today. And that's why I can talk to anybody and be in front of 10,000 strangers, grab the microphone and be like, what is up? Let's go. You know, all this crazy shit that goes along with it. Yeah. I'm nervous doing it, but I could do it 110%. Um, and I think a lot of that's got to go from, you know, moving so much making friends getting picked on new kid all the time and new schools with a different accent you know i dude i dealt with all that shit you know and it used to beat me up it mentally physically and then one day i was like dude i'm tired of living this way you know so that's the advice i'd give forget what anybody says about you or thinks about you you don't have to <clears throat> buy those new pair of jordans to be part of the the, the, you know, the, the cool kids at school or wear these certain clothes or just whatever it may be. Right. It's uh Nah, forget that. Agreed. hundred percent. You. Uh, Netflix series. What series are you watching right now? You and Jennifer. Um, we've just started drive to survive because it's the best way to watch formula one. It is. Um, what else have we been watching on there? Um, we watched the crown. We watch, we have Disney plus we have, Amazon, we have Netflix. Yeah. Um, it's it's difficult to remember which series is on which. Um, but a couple of the Harlan Coburn ones we've watched that have been good. Uh, but yeah, Netflix hasn't really been a series that we've we've had chance to watch on that. It's, that tends to be more the sort of the short documentaries. There hasn't really been anything that, that's taken our fancy, but when you go into Amazon and you're watching Reacher, 
that's been brilliant. Absolutely superb. Um, and the same with Jack Ryan. They, they've been brilliant series. Absolutely superb. Yeah, you're, so I'm I'm same way on Netflix. I'm Drive to Survive right now. I'm almost I think I'm two episodes, and then I'm a, I'm gonna do the NASCAR because you're not the the first one that said, dude, it's really good. You, you it is, yeah. Especially for a, for a Brit who doesn't really know much about it, we we really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, Apple TV, of course, you know me, my Apple products, right? Uh, uh, I'm watching um, Messi. Cause you know, I'm big in the soccer ah, football. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love football. Um, so I'm watching uh Messi and enter Miami. They have, have they have a little series. tried masters of the air yet. Have I done what masters of the air? Dude, I absolutely die hard fan of that show. Me and my son sit down on the couch Friday, master the air. What a show. Superb. Absolutely. So, so well done. So well done. I know. I know, man. I wanted I to keep going. Me too. Uh, to everybody, Masters of the Air is absolutely hands down one of the best shows out there right now. It's it's great, man. It's friendship. It's war. It's love. It's 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 everything you want in a series. It's one of those ones. Wait, as wait. soon as it ends, you're like, damn it! I wish they had two, three, four, five, and six right now because I'd be up till three o'clock in the morning, dragging ass the next day. Was so worth it. Yes. So worth it. So worth it. So, uh. Let me ask you this. And since you're a big TT fan like me, it's hard for me to ask this question because uh, not everybody's into the TT like me, right? Or argue or people that are really into it. Uh, there's a lot of names on this list, but I'm only going to give you two for this question. Um, in your opinion, out of these two names, I'm going to give you who had the greatest TT comeback in history. Okay. Um. Mike Hellwood or Robert Dunlop? Wow. Two completely different comebacks. Um, I think both, man, that's a tough one because they are so different. Um, Mike, after 11 years, of self-imposed and going off doing other things and then coming back in and doing what he did was was incredible after so long away and then just to drop straight back into it. But then for Robert to go back to the TT with his injuries to his arm and competing in the the one two five in the in the the lightweight TT was just I think for grit and determination, Robert. Because I think for Mike, it was coming back, re reacquainting himself with the course on a, on a good bike and with the, the right team around him. But for the physical limitations that Robert had, I would go with, with Robert. Great question, wasn't it? Dude, I love that question. Because there's right. so many angles, right? There's, because every one of those riders that, that, that made that comeback, they're all stories are different, right? So it makes you really think. You're like, oh yeah. shit, right? Right? You're like, oh man, let me let me let me think about this one for a minute. This is this is uh yeah yeah um beer or wine? Beer, hundred percent. I'm no wine drinker. Never have been. Never will be. Um, this is a question, uh, dude. I want to ask you because I hear it on your podcast. You ask it, dude. So I, I was like, I'm asking Dave this question straight up. <laughs> The most famous person in your phone. 
Um, Freddie Spencer. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing, right? Now. <laughs> Freddie Spencer. Hold on. Let me text Freddie real quick. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely awesome. Uh, one more, but before we get off here, I'm gonna let you do do all, all your shout outs and, and I'll get mine in too. Is um man, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. I can't believe I just bouched that question. Are you kidding me right now? Uh uh listen, if you were going bowling, it's kind of like your 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 dinner question, right? But I'm I'm, I'm gonna do the whole bowling thing just because I wanted to take two to your questions and, and ask you them. Bowling. Five people dead or alive. Who are they? Five. Yeah. Okay. Um, Liam Gallagher. Nice. From Oasis. Yep. Um, oh, this is tough. This is tough. I think Valentino. Has to be in there as well. Um, I think uh, it's easy asking the questions. I don't have to think about the answers. Maybe, maybe John Bon Jovi. Let's stick him in there as well. Um, and then just to really wind the party up, let's go Barry Sheen and uh, James Hunt. Barry Sheen would be a proper legendary dinner table. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, that's uh yeah, that's uh every, every time I ask that question in my mind, I think and it always changes, right? Yeah. Except for except for one constant person in my mind, and he don't never change, and that would be David Jeffries. Superb. I would love to have sit down and have a chat with David Jeffries. He was one of my favorite TT writers. Uh, actually, him, it, it would be uh, it, it's him. Gus and Ronnie. Gus Scott, Ronnie, man, I forget Ronnie's last name. Ronnie, um, Fast Bikes Magazine, Performance Bikes Magazine, TT, Ronnie, that's it, Smith. Um, man, I was a huge fan of them. Absolutely. They had balls, raced the TT. Dude would just be, yeah, absolute legends. But yeah, that, that, out of that, yeah, it'd be that good. Jeffries, good shout. Sure. good shout. I like that. Yeah, David Jeffries is, uh, absolute phenomenal but listen dave we're definitely going to do a part two of this we're not going to make it so long in between because yeah it's been october 2022 since we had you on here last time it's getting on 18 months isn't it yeah yeah we're, we're, we're not going to do that again we'll, we'll we'll definitely plan one for this year too 110 percent um yeah but before we get off here dave i need you to give all your shout outs where they could follow you where they could listen ah oh, okay thank you um the main one is the podcast, Off Track Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram, Off Track Podcast UK. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Give us a search. You'll see the uh, the logo as, uh, as Simcoe's got on his chest there. You'll see those on the headers for everything. Give us a follow. Give us a listen. We're on YouTube. We're on every audio platform. Um, and then if, if, if you want to follow me, then I'm, I'm on Facebook at Dave Neal. I'm on Twitter as Dave Neal, which I sometimes get tagged in things from America because apparently there's a sports presenter over there called Dave Neal. Here he is. Um, and he's either, I think he's like the Dave Neal or 
Dave Neal Sports, something like that. But sometimes I get tagged into things. I have no idea what people are talking about. Um, and then on Instagram as the Dave Neal because Dave Neal was already taken. So that's, yeah. that's the that's all the handles. That's where we're at. Off track, the motorcycle racing podcast, and uh, yeah, that's, that, that's us. And mate, for you, thank you for having me on, and thank you for for sparing me two hours of your time to listen to me waffling on about all and nothing. And uh, I wish the uh, the Pendergast podcast goes from strength to strength. Hopefully, you get Jules back in the not too distant future. And, uh, and and just keep keep on grinding, mate. You're doing a brilliant job. Thank you, mate, so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely I will. I'm not going nowhere, right? So everybody's going to continue seeing this face right here for quite some time. So, yeah, absolutely. And listen, listen, we do have a Dave Neal here, but he is not the real Dave Neal, right? <laughs> we have the real Dave Neal, right? The other one's just an imposter, so he does not count at all. But, yes. <laughs> Everyone, listen, I always say this, and I really mean it. Thank you guys so much who always watches, likes, and subscribe to Pin the Gas Podcast. Uh, if you get a chance, go on to all my social media, Instagram, Spotify, iHeart, all that. Hit that like and subscribe bell. It helps me out greatly. It really does. Before I get off here, big shout-out to my man Jake Marsh, the whole R&D race team out there that supports me in the BSB paddock. Uh, another one is my man Martin. From the Clothing Kings, where you can go to theclothingking.co.uk and get all pin the gas merch, sweatshirts, hoodies, body warmers, the whole nine. You can get anything. Hell, he'll probably even make you underwear if you really want some, which is a good <laughs> idea, right? And yeah. And anyway, this is a whole nother conversation. But yes, listen, thank you guys so much. Uh, listen, it, you guys, what an honor. Again, Dave, the real deal, Dave Near. This is for you and everybody else out there. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you next time. Absolutely, Dave, man.